This episode of a Quick Timeout podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Florida, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish. And now save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Timeout podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Great to have with us today, Cafe Bate, assistant coach for the Townsend Tigers. Coach, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For those who are not familiar with Colonial Athletic Association hoops, Townsend this last year had a 25-win season and went 15-3 and in the CAA and, and finished things off with an NIT berth. Coach, did you feel last summer kind of going into the season that that was, a, that was maybe going to be expected, or were you surprised at all with that? I don't think we were surprised. I think um, recruiting was one of the big things. This is where you start everything with. So I think we added some really good pieces. And then from there, now you got to try to try to make them, you know, fit together. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest, that was the biggest, you know, part of it. So we were, you know, we prepared to win. So at the end of the day, so we kind of load up a little bit, you know, on that sense of it. So um, we, we were, the goal was to win. Yeah. the whole thing so um we came up short um had an injury we, right right yeah, right towards yeah, the end yeah toward the end uh two of our best players going to the second game of conference you know ankle injury and the other one that basically was shoot so uh, but it's not an excuse it's, it, that's what it is that's what the game mm-hmm. is you know um a lot of unexpected you got to be ready for it and then that's what it is yeah for those who haven't seen you play, let's talk from like the offensive perspective. Hmm. How would how would you describe your offensive philosophy there? I think we're trying to push in transition. We don't play as fast. Well, if you look at the way we play, you you're not gonna think we play fast, but we're trying to get easy bucket first. So that's the main goal. And then after that, if it doesn't work, we gotta get into a um what we call flow. So hmm. basically it goes from Obviously, everything starts with defense. You got to get a stop. So that's why everything starts. <laughs> Let's be clear about it. You got to get a stop. And when you get a stop, you know, you, you can push. Actually, you can push. You can try to get an easy easy bucket. That's where everything starts. So we go from getting a stop to some type of freedom, which is if you have an advantage, Let's see what we got. If it's a wide open shot, that's what we want. We want, you know, we want we want a wide open look at the rim first and then a kick out three if possible. And then, you know, if if we don't get anything, then we get back to our structure, which is our flow, which is usually happen, you know, we're trying to push it to the elbow reversal, and then we get into stagger before we get in, into any ball screen or flash game, as mm-hmm. people call it. As you push in transition, are they running to specific spots? Are you looking for anything specific? Or is it just get down the floor with good spacing? So we have our lane a little bit. So basically we're trying to, we have, the pusher, the person, who, the, the guard who got the, the, the ball can push it. Basically, he's pushing it. And then we got the wings, got to fill the corners. Um, our five and our four kind of run the same lane, the middle lane. Um, but our four man is kind of, it's, it's a little different. But, you know, that's kind of the lane a little bit. The guards kind of run from the middle to the slot. Mm-hmm. So trying to attack it, trying to see what he can do. Usually we want him to cross the court trying to see if you can get to that elbow. We'll come back and talk about kind of the half-court offense in just a second, but I went to a, a practice this summer of a Division One team, and there's a lot of on-air 
you know, they split guards and forwards, which it was just one day. So I'm, I'm sure they don't practice this way every single day, but mm-hmm. a lot of on air stuff going through their actions and that sort of thing. How does how you all play shape those off season workouts? That's a great question. So you you want to know what we're doing, basically doing practices? Yeah, whether so, it's something in the summer or even something preseason before you're kind of like official practices start in the fall. So the summer usually Coach Scary is trying to preach habits in the summer. So we're trying to build guys' habits. So our practice, our practice plan usually look the same. Basically, we usually start with kind of um, a ball handling or passing where we got them involved talking. And then after that, we will basically get into that protection plan, which is, you know, I don't know if you're, you're, you're kind of aware of protection plan with Doug Novak. And then we also, somebody else was using it, um, Mark Cassio, I believe. Mark, Mark Cassio, yes. Yeah. So, you know, trying to get him in our protection plan. We don't do, it's basically what, eight minute max. Okay. But we do it to everybody. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get into our Nash, our, you know, Barkley, uh, Rondo, playoff two, pro hop, um, you know, trying to cover that. And then from there, we usually, you know, do some kind of, we do um, five or no transition, back to transition defense. And then we get into our shell, usually, because, you know, we got to play defense a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, after that, we usually, we start our advantage games because we believe you know, the game is advantage. If you understand, you got to create an advantage to find a wide open shot. It makes it way easier before we get to the sets. One of the things that I found with playing the way that you all are playing Mm. is that it can sometimes be difficult to balance things with your returning players and the new guys that you have. How do you help the players that you have already continue to progress in what you're, you're trying to do while also integrating those new guys who are just learning to play within that kind of system? It can be difficult because the new guys, they usually, they have, they have different identity, basically. You know, they're going to fight stuff. They're not used, a lot of guys are not used to playing that way. A lot of guys don't understand the concept of advantage. Basically, I'm, I can give you an example. We play a game four versus three, five versus four. So usually one is four versus three. You can, if you have the ball in the slot and you have two corner fill and you have the two slot fill, you can basically recognize the advantage if you look at it. Mm-hmm. But not everybody can see it. So you can, you can see from the start, you can see some guys going to pass. They're going to pass to the one side, the, to the two side where the advantage is supposed to be two on one. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that you, you have to teach them, you have to teach, they got to train their eye to see that. The advantage side of it because they don't, some of them never did it before. So, and then our older guys can see it and they can kind of, you know, help the coaching, you know, help us with the new guys also. They can tell them, listen, you can't throw that ball over there. If you throw it over there, there's no advantage. Well, why are we doing it? You know what I mean? This is the side of the advantage. So it kind of teaches them, you know, how to see things. I think it's an advantage having the older guys because they kind of understand the system and they can help. With the new guys but also you're gonna have you know those those guys gonna fight it a little bit because they're not used to it right you know and they're learning so it's, it's part of the it's, it's part of the process were you there before you all started playing that this way uh i've been here for i'm going to year seven i believe but i was not an assistant coach i was a the video guy for i was a director 
um, student student athlete development for. And have they always played it's, with that flow flow game? Since no, you've been I think there? we switch it up. We switch up flow. I think two years ago, I believe. So let me ask this: Do you feel like the players themselves, especially the returning guys, have been better about teaching to the new guys because they understand concepts? I, has I, has it made them better teachers themselves? Absolutely. Oh yeah, <laughs> they understand it. They know what's going on. So you can kind of see. I think one of the practices we had a game where we put the older guy and the versus the new guys, and the, the score was like twenty zero <laughs> right from the jump. You know what I mean? Just because they understand it, the yeah. other group kind of still learning it, and it's a process. It's, it is what it is, but they so they can kind of see it. Like when you understand it, it makes things easier. And that's two of the things that I first coaches that want to play this way. I have found that like it's made my players, especially the older guys, better teachers. And it becomes our offense rather than the coach's offense. Let's all memorize these actions or whatever. Then let's throw them out there. And then when the actions don't work, well, whatever, we'll try to find some new actions. But like the, the players take owner, like this is our offense, you know, do this the right way. And exactly what you said, so much of it is just teaching like where to look. Yeah. Because I think so many of them are coming in having memorized plays. Mm -hmm. And so they're not thinking about like bringing in information, looking at information, bringing it in, analyzing it, and then making decisions off of that. It sounds so obvious, but it, <laughs> it's still so foreign, I think, to so no, many players. It, it's crazy. Um, it's hard too because you know kids you know you know we all as coaches we all have different philosophies mm -hmm. so you know when a kid come from high school you don't know what his high school philosophy coach was was using before so it's kind of you know what i mean mm -hmm. it can be you know it's, it's, it's a little hard but when when they get here we got to make sure they understand that this is this is what we're looking for if you have an advantage we don't need to run the play mm -hmm. if you have an advantage it's an advantage you, know, mm -hmm. you might not have the best that wide open shot that you have the first seven seconds and the last five seconds. You might not. So why don't you want to take it? A quick timeout podcast is presented by Huddle, the market leader in video-based analysis solutions for basketball teams around the world. Huddle continues to make advances to their suite of performance analysis solutions. Tools you know like sports code are enhanced by their industry-leading tech like Huddle Focus an AI-powered smart camera that's built to integrate into sports code right out of the box. It captures and uploads video automatically from any gym. Head over to huddle.com slash a quick timeout to get a peek at all they're bringing to the hardwood for every level of the game this season. Uh, when we say playing out of concepts, I think coaches think that like if you're going to play this way, there's some list somewhere that has all these concepts. And so like everybody everybody does You're those right. same concepts You're like right. it's like if we run flex we all set down screens and cross screens and like, so if we play out of concepts we all do the same thing and that's not really the case what are you all there doing what are your favorite concepts your favorite actions and why personally i feel like you just need to understand it's a read game like you that's that's, that's all it is it's a read game yeah. they got to understand when we push the ball, we're trying to have an advantage because the other team is running. They're running back on defense. This is hard for them mm -hmm. to run back. If we have a number advantage, we got to take care of it. If we have a size advantage, you know, we have to post. We gotta, we gotta drive the switch. Like Coach Kerry said, we gotta, we gotta, you know, drive the switch or post the switch, basically. Mm -hmm. 
So it makes it kind of easy, easier that way. And then this is what we're looking for first. When we get back to the structure, which is flow, it's it's now we got to move the ball. We get into a stagger. Now, during the stagger, if we have an advantage, it's, that's it. Now we, you know, we got a small advantage. We got to create a bigger advantage and we got to find the water per shot. That's basically what it is. So at the end of the day, it goes, it usually goes from, it goes from uh, freedom to structure to freedom again. Mm-hmm. So that, that's basically what it is. And as it, it can be just a mismatch in a post, which give us an advantage. And then from there, you know, we have a, one of our, you know, our best post guy, um, Cam Holden, our foreman, which is not really a foreman because he, he, he led us with a ball screen, <laughs> ball screen usage. So it's kind of, it's, it's different. So when you get a mismatch, you know, he, he, he can pass it and find a wide open shot to a corner, you know, and, and a, to a shoot on the corner. And when you say stagger, we're not talking about just like two pin downs and a guy just runs straight off of it every time, right? No, it's literally it's literally a reversal. Like, let's say if I can explain it, is we got a rim runner. If when you get a rim runner, you got a trailer. So the one of the guard, the pusher, basically we got to attack one of the elbow on the reversal. The point guard and the forward who is on top basically set a set a stagger, and then the guys coming off the corner can read it. You know, I, I can reject it. I can curl it. I can go straight up. You know, and that's basically what it is. So it's a, it, at the end of the day, it's a read. So there it becomes, I mean, the structure is just like this. Cause I, I think maybe some coaches will think like, well, there's freedom. And then we come down and run a structured set play. And if that doesn't work, then we go back to freedom. And that's not it. <laughs> like they know what they're going to do with that first action yeah. with that stagger. Mm-hmm. But even within mm-hmm. that, there's freedom based upon how the defense is playing them and, and that sort of thing. So. Absolutely. So if you don't, have, from there, if you don't get anything, let's say the guy came on top, he used a stagger, came on top, he didn't have anything. And then we got, you know, we have our five men might come set a ball screen and then we go from there, mm-hmm. you know, and then we can, but it's, you know, it, it can be different. If if the guy curling, let's say curling the stagger end up on the other side, it's going to give you a different look if the big is setting the screen. What if he curl and go back to the same side and still give you another look? So it's really not, you know, it, it, it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, uh, I know a lot of a lot of teams that play out of concepts. Uh, they sometimes struggle with turnovers, and I know you all have really low ranked, really low with live ball turnovers. Mm-hmm. Anything in particular that you feel has helped keep those turnover numbers down? I think our protection plans. I think that's one of the biggest thing. You know, protection mm-hmm. plan. They gotta they gotta understand the nash. You gotta understand when in doubt, you gotta keep a balance. Basically, mm-hmm. slow down. You don't have to make a decision below the free throw line because you drive it. Doesn't it doesn't mean you have to jump in the air trying to figure it out? No, mm-hmm. just if you're in doubt, take a bounce. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, I, you know, you, you, I'm driving. I don't like it. I can Barkley, and then play from there. You know, uh, if the chest is in front of me, I can pro hop it. You know, sometimes the pro hop can give you a kick out pass. You, you know, so it's kind of. I feel like that's that's been one of the biggest thing we added. You know, protection plan. Um, you know, and then Coach Kerry usually say you gotta you gotta follow our training. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's that's the number one. Usually, when we when we warm up and everything, we get some passing drill. We get straight into protection plan because you know that's what help us not turn the ball over. 
but also during practices we get um <laughs> we got we, we we got six different basketball we get two teams you got a gold ball and the black ball so um you know you get three turnover after three turnover it's a punishment you know not we don't call it punishment but sure. you know <laughs> sure. Sure. so yeah. yeah you 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 you, you got to do some yourself um so it's kind of you know kind of reinforced that a little bit you know it's not it's not okay to turn the ball over, you know. Um, and last year we kind of implemented it like a Celtic game. It was a five-minute game. Um, we played five-minute game. As soon as we turn the ball over, we lose the game. Hmm. So, hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you know, you know, you can't, you cannot turn the ball over. Um, you can't, uh, you can't do it. And even this year, I don't know what what I mostly I was listening to somebody an NBA coach, they were talking about um, the ranking of shots and they kind of did it a little bit like um, the Olympics. So the gold medal was, you know, a shot at the rim or get to the free throw line. That's the high percentage shot. The second best shot was, you know, the quality lift three, usually a driving kick three. And then that the first one is the gold medal. The second one was the silver medal. And the third one was, which is a no paint, no three shots. At the end of the day, you got to take that. But the most important thing there was, you know, at the end of the day, we got to have a medal. Mm -hmm. We need a medal. Like you can't, you know, if, if you turn the ball over, there's no medal. You didn't get a gold, you didn't get a silver, you didn't get a bronze. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what it is, you know. So we kind of implement, implement that a little bit so they kind of understand the concept behind it. Like we want a gold medal. Yeah, it's okay. We shoot for the, for the gold medal. That's mm -hmm. our goal. Okay, we didn't get a goal, we go for the silver. Oh, we didn't get a silver, we go to the bronze. So but that that's it. We don't want to <laughs> Yeah. We don't want to turn it over. If we turn it over, there's no medal for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've talked to several coaches and it seems the ones who have teams that that do well of keeping turnovers down emphasize how important the ball is and not turning it over mm. by various ways, like you just mentioned, so that they understand the concept it different ways it's more my guess what i'm saying is it's more than just saying like we can't turn the ball over and i felt like as a young coach and i've heard other coaches like we all get frustrated at that and we all know it's a bad thing like the players know it's a bad thing too it's not like they're trying to mm -hmm. but you give them a solution you know with your protection plan with your gnashes and i found that most of our turnovers came off of we're attacking places that don't have space Yep. So things like single gaps or driving into double teams, just mm. stupid stuff, but stuff that they're not recognizing mm. or they forfeit their dribble early and your protection play and stuff with your Nashes and your Barclays allow them to continue that dribble. Whereas a lot of times we pick it up and then there's a deflection or bad angle on a pass or that kind of thing. You, have you found that to be true? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like just using them kind of, First of all, it slowed the game down for them because, you know, listen, I'm taking an example of the Nash. I'm attacking, you know, um, under the frittle line, underneath the frittle line. I go through it. If in one in doubt, I don't have anything, I'm not stopping the dribble. So I keep that bounce, keep that bounce, keep that bounce. And usually that's where when you go under the baseline, that's where miscommunication happens with the defense. Mm. They might leave you open or they might leave your big man open. So because somebody got to help. You know, when you get to where you, where you get, we call it the red zone. When you get into the red zone, somebody, the defense collapsed. So somebody got to help. And also, if somebody falls asleep, somebody can cut. Hmm. 
you know, it's kind of, you know, um, I feel like this year we're trying to add, we're trying to add out a little bit in our protection plan. Um, we call it blind cut. Basically, mm -hmm. if you see the back of the head, you got to go, you know, so it kind of helped that too. You know what I mean? So it, it, from there, it give them, you know, that's basically two options in one, in one play. Basically, I drove, you know, I used my Nash and then somebody turned their head, somebody cut. Now you don't know that might absorb somebody else and give a kick out three. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, I feel like it's been really beneficial for us to using those. That's cool. Um, you mentioned like the red zone and uh, for you all, I know that's like a practical application of analytics. How do, <laughs> how do you use analytics to help your players understand the game? No, absolutely. They didn't know. They, 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 they know what's a high percentage shot. They know we're not trying to take those long twos. And, you know, we want to, obviously some guys are really good at it. You know, that's where the analytics doesn't tell you that sometimes some guys are good at it. Mm -hmm. like, so what you going to do? Nah, let him shoot it. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but we know that, you know, when some guys are good at it, you got to let them take it. But for us from the jump, it's not a high percentage shot, you know, but if a guy is long twos is his shot, we got to let him do it. What are the things that are the most important when it comes to your analytics? If I were to ask ask your guys, like, what are the what are the most important things outside of the shot selection? What are they going to tell me for your offense? One of the biggest thing is um, spacing. Definitely, we we want the proper. If you create an advantage with a bad spacing, it's not going to work. So we basically usually start the the our spacing got to be great. So we want a good spacing because if you have a bad spacing, one if one person if one defender can got two offensive players, you're a disadvantage already. Even mm -hmm. even if you create the advantage, so we they gotta understand the spacing gotta be right. Our spacing always gotta be right, and then from there we gotta create an advantage. Mm -hmm. And when we create an advantage, and from there we gotta find a wide open shot. And a, a wide open shot for us is what you gotta be. You gotta be open. You gotta be on balance, and you gotta be our range. Which is your range and my range can be totally different. <laughs> you, you know, you might be, you might shoot, you might shoot it from the logo. I, I might not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like they, they, they kind of trying to make sure they understand that. You know, mm -hmm. and the, the the only basically contested shot we want to give them from the jump is the hook shot, which is usually it's hard to block a hook shot on balance hook shot. I don't know how many people can block that. Mm -hmm. You know. Do you all use set plays at all? And if so, when? No, we use set play, dead ball situation, free throws, um, even on make sometime. Depend what we want to, if we see somebody has an advantage, we can definitely, you know, call a set play from there. And then let's say we're going to post up, you know, Charles Thompson, he got an advantage. We will call a set and just trying to get him the ball in the post and let him go. Only real, I mean, main purpose just to exploit some sort of advantage there yeah, for a sometimes player. Our flow, we can run our flow. Sometimes our, our, our best player at that time, they don't touch the ball as much as possible. You know what I mean? So kind of slow it down a little bit and then run a set where we're going to utilize them, you know, if they have an advantage, if we think that advantage is favorable for us. So, yeah, yeah we can kind of control it that way. With the flow, it's kind of, we can control it too with our flow because we can our flow we kind of do different things out of it we can post up as well but um with the set you can kind of 
basically control it the way you want. Mm-hmm. You know, the ball would go here and then we play from there or we want to, you know, back doors for somebody, you know. This is your episode, but I'll just throw this in because you you said something that made me think about something. But okay. one, one thing that we were able to use last year was almost to use a set play as like a, a momentum changer. So instead of calling that timeout, yeah. we were able to, hey, slow, stop, slow down for a second. Let's call a set play. And it did exa- then it did exactly what you just said. Like I was able to get the ball into the hands or exploit a mismatch that sometimes our players don't see don't when see. they're just running their flow offense. I like that. I think it's, it's, it's basically the same thing we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but you just said it right. <laughs> yeah. You know, saves me a timeout too. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, you know that's that's what we that, that's what it is. Like if we run flow a couple of time and then we're not getting anything out of it, or the ball is not getting to the hands of the right guy at that particular time, mm-hmm. calling a set can kind of slow things down a little bit and then direct you know where the ball is going. Last thing I'll ask you here: Where do you see this going? Like, how do you foresee what you're building there? Do you feel like what you have is it? Or do you feel like there are some things that we would like to implement within maybe adding more concepts or digging into something you said, like this year, we'd like to uh, just a few seconds ago. So do you, do you see those something, or have you seen something that you would like to kind of integrate into the way that you all run flow? No, I feel like the game is the game evolves. So we don't really, we're not, we're not set with it. We, we are absolutely we're still learning if there's something that you know we're watching a game or you know we're on twitter or we like something and it will make sense for us absolutely we're at it we don't we're not we're not set into something you know we do not it definitely not we we try to evolve we always trying to evolve if you want to put it that way mm-hmm. always i think that's one of the advantages of playing with your concepts is that you can even evolve from year to year or you know, as you get a new player in because that player has a particular skill set. So maybe you want to add a a flare screen to something, or maybe you want to add a, like, I don't know, some sort of, you know, stagger screen somewhere, or a double ball screen or something like that, that you maybe didn't have the year before, but it, it's not, you're not changing your, the advantage I feel of playing this way is you don't have to change your offense every no. few years. And no, you even don't have, you even don't have to necessarily recruit to a particular style i mean there there is kind of you need a certain type of player and to your point like you are wanting players that can almost be positionless mm-hmm. i guess the differentiating factor is a kid that's 6 11 versus a kid that's 6 5 absolutely but like <laughs> skill set and that kind of thing you know you said you're only in you you guys are only in like two or three but you know have you even done stuff differently over the last couple of years based off of personnel absolutely we used to run uh when we started flow we used to run the euro how you call it? Euro ball screen? Yeah, the Euro ball screen, yes. Yeah, side ball screen. One is rolling, one is lifting. We got us, we got away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, just to give you an example. We got yeah. a, we like, nah, that kind of, you know, that creates a lot of, you know, it can be easier to defend at some point. You know, when you look at it, if you basically look at it, it, it can be, you know. Yeah. So we kind of kind of got away from it and we go to four hour one in. Yeah. Not a lot of movement. Maybe uh, if we hit the ball coming to you, we can flare, you know. So um, I feel like that, yeah, that's that's kind of the one thing we, we, we did, you know. And I feel like we're going to keep evolving it, 
because there's so much basketball is changing every day. Every t- every day you wake up, there's something you see. You're like, oh, this is yeah. beautiful, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you say, it's a, a, a you know, offense is it's an art, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't really know, you, you know. Some people gonna people tweak it so much, like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> people tweak it so much that you know somebody can wake up one morning, start painting something different. So you you look at it, you're like, oh, this is that's not the the, the one I like yesterday. Yeah. So you know, so that's the beauty. I feel like that's the beauty of our game. If you want to yeah. put it that way. Yeah, maybe people don't know this, but coach was a hooper back in the day. How do you <laughs> feel like you would have done? whether college or because I was watching some clips of you before this Mm -hmm. and uh, you got a lot of buckets within a uh, structure that actually didn't give you a whole lot of space. You you made a lot of things out of nothing (laughs) when it came to space. How would you play within something like this? Or did you, I mean, because you played overseas as well. Do you feel like this is kind of stuff that they did overseas and now we're kind of bringing it over here? Not particularly. Not that I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I would be such a different player if we had all this, if I had protection plans and, you know, because I didn't, I didn't have back in, back in the day, we didn't have those answers. You know what I mean? Imagine if I had that, I usually think to myself, like, I can imagine if I have that, how many more solutions I would be having just, you know, playing around with the ball, getting yeah. there, give me a rondo and then elevate, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it would be, <laughs> yeah. So I, sometimes I just, sit there and just think about it yeah how, how how beautiful that would be if i had all these different answers and you know where can people connect with you on social media we got to bump up your twitter followers here twitter parfait just if they just type parfait but they're gonna find me is at l parfait that's coach parfait bitte of the yeah, townsend tigers in in high school they used to call me uh my one year high school i did in kentucky they used to call me beady <laughs> But I'm like, no, it's Bate. <laughs> it looks like Beatty, but it's <laughs> yeah, Bate. Bate, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Coach, thanks again for taking the time to come on the podcast. No, I appreciate you having me. <laughs>